and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. How are you? Welcome to episode 41 of the Money Magic Podcast. If you've just joined us, my name is Vangile Makwakwa. I'm the founder of Wealthy Money. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. I am also the author of Heart, Mind, and Money, Using Emotional Intelligence for Financial Success. Um, and in keeping with the constant theme where I interview Money Magic students, for this podcast, my next guest is Zandile Mazwai, and she is a money magic student. So, yes, talk about her money journey. So, welcome, Zandile. How are you? Thank you so much, Van. I am awesome. Thank you. Good to be oh. here. Finally, oh. hey. Yeah, have you here. Yeah, like I've been trying to interview you for a minute, hey? <laughs> and it's so funny because long before this podcast even became a thing, you were like, yeah, I'll be publicly coached by you and recorded and on YouTube. So people have seen your coaching session and then you came back and you're like, yeah, I want to share the shift from this so it's been interesting watching your journey yeah yeah and then I started actually doing the work and the work started working on me and then it revealed so much about myself to me that I started running away from myself all over again which is why you've been trying to interview from me for a minute and my invisibility issues were coming to my not good enough issues were coming to play my I'll be uh, I'll be enough when this happens issues came out so it's it, it's been a lot it's yeah yeah, that's yeah no. 
part of the journey, right? Um, yeah. I feel like we all think this way. We think that I'll be enough when. Everything will be fine when. I can show up for interviews and visibility and share my story when, right? Yeah. We forget that, like, actually, your story is so incredible. Like, your life has completely changed since you've gone into the money magic course. And it's like, but I think that when you still have this goal, you're like, yeah, I'll be enough when, because you're still like, I still now have a new goal to set uh, to put in place. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the, um, it's a trap that we get ourselves into as humans. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally a trap because then um, it's a trap because it steals away from what you've done up until that point. Because, I mean, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly emotion. We're constantly learning this, that, and the others. And we're constantly integrating and unlearning even but because I feel I'll only be good enough to share when ABC happens, it means I'm then not acknowledging what has happened thus far, which robs me of patting myself on the back and saying, well done, girl. But it also robs anyone else who might be watching and who's yet to start to see that this is how it begins. Yeah. So it's a trap. It is such a trap. Um, before I even ask you to tell us about yourself, I just want to comment on that and say that it also forces us. It's a trap that gets us to annihilate, uh, to basically annihilate all our achievements because yeah. nothing ever feels good enough. It never feels like we have achieved anything, right? Yeah. It's yeah. such a, yo, it is such an intense um experience and it is very very much a trap like we're saying so um, I'm glad though that you're working through that um and I also just want to say I get caught up in this you know I'm sometimes yeah. I'm like oh no I'm not going to share this about my business until this has happened and it's like dude your job That's is happened, grow your business and sell it and like wherever you are that is good enough for whoever is in your audience, right? And it's good enough for you. You've done it. You've done to step A. You've taken step A and that deserves applause. Exactly. So, yeah. Ooh, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So before we go any further, Zandile, who are you? What do you do? What are your hobbies? Tell us. <laughs> um, sure. Who am I? I... I, I now define myself as a manifester of notes. <laughs> like I'm out here birthing things at a silly rate. Um, I am addicted to personal development, inner work, and energy healing things. Um, so they double up as my hobbies too. I honestly and truly believe that I am here in this plane on earth to, to be about ease and flow, like the kind of ease and flow my ancestors never got an opportunity to, to live and embody. That's what I'm here. That's what I'm about. When I twenty five hundred years old, our ancestors are millennia old. And before all that stuff, they were... There was ease and flow before capitalism, right? Let, let, let's put it this way. Let's say the ancestors whose names I know 
those people. So my grandmother, my great grandmother, her mother, both sides of the family, those people came through um, after everything happened that removed us from who we were. So those people, they didn't know ease and flow. Um, and I remember sharing a, a story um, in the wealthy money group, uh, the student group, um, where on the day my great grandmother died, I was six months old. You may remember the story. And just moments before she passed on, she requested that my grandmother, because we were using towel and cotton nappies at that point. So she requested that my grandmother brings her um, Zandile's towel nappy. But she said Zandile's white towel nappy. She was specific. And those were the last words she said. And my grand says, because they were taking her to hospitals, she was having difficulty breathing. And my mm -hmm. grand says she got into the car with the snappy and she gave it to her. Unbeknownst to my granny, um, she gave her the nappy and she took it. And that was the last action. So then she was like, but what did you want to do with the snappy? And there was no answer um, as to what she wanted to do with the nappy. Obviously she passed on in that moment, right? But she had the snappy in her hand. And I just had a realization in recent years that I think this was her towel of surrender. You know, I mean, when you throw your white flag, your white towel on some, we clean now, clean spaces. And I always joke to the family and I say, that was her towel of surrender from all the hardship and all the hard work and, and all she'd been through. So I, I owe it to women like her because she worked damn hard. She worked so hard. Um, she was a single mother, single grandmother even, um, mm -hmm. raising a couple of generations on her own. And she worked till the very end. And she believed in hard work and all that. And I'm now thinking that she believed in hard work because circumstances had forced her into that. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm about the ease and flow that that white flag represents. Um, I always say if if sleep was an Olympic sport, I would get a medal. <laughs> I, I sleep like a child in in crash. I need my daily afternoon naps or I get cranky and I'll still sleep through the night. So that is hobby number one. <laughs> I don't use, I don't take afternoon naps all the time, but often I do. Like the harder things get, the more I'm like, afternoon naps, please. In Joburg, I was back at afternoon naps. I was like, yo, the city does not agree with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> when 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 life is not agreeing with me, I sleep. When life is too exciting for me, I sleep. Um, th there was a point when I even lost weight because. I was sleeping so much and not necessarily eating. So sleeping wow. is, is, is my thing. I rest. I, I'm big on ease. I'm big on resting and relaxation and, and nice things, things that feel good. Um, nice I'm a mother. Hey. I say nice life things. Nice life things. <laughs> I am a mom to a very energetically sensitive, now 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. We had a big fight this morning, but <laughs> yeah, the, the preteen phase is trying to show us flames, but we're here for it. And my biggest flex is, is how intentional about mothering her I am outside of my own wounding. 
So I'm very intentional and deliberate about that. Starting from the kind of work I do, it allows me to be fully mm-hmm. present. Um, yeah. So so that's a little bit about, oh, I work. You see, this is how much I don't value work. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I What I do for a living is I do voiceovers. I'm a voiceover artist. Mm-hmm. So basically I lend my voice to... TV, radio, I mean, local and international TV, radio, online adverts, as well as corporate campaigns. Yeah. And I've been freelancing at that since 2013. And um, it's it's grown with me. I've, I've watched my own growth. Um, there's just been so much expansion um, in, with regards, because at some point when I started that, I didn't know if it was sustainable. I didn't know I could do it for a living. And then, like recently, um, I didn't know I could, I knew I could live on it. I, I later learned I could live on it, but I don't know if I could live independently on it. And that's what's happening right now. So, yeah, that's wow. me in a nutshell. I love that you're living independently on it. I love that you're consciously mothering your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> We carry such wounds from our parents. And I think that if we are not conscious in parenting, if people are not conscious in parenting, it's easy to pass on those wounds. That has been one of the biggest fears around being a parent is like, oh, look, my like mother wound is on steroids. Like, Like, I actually do decide to, consciously who will I be when I decide to parent someone but being in the student group and seeing so many students making different parenting choices and doing so is so healing and cathartic so yeah thank you so much for sharing that Uh, my next question to you is what does money mean to you and how would you describe money to an alien um it means access it means access it's the one thing we've got on planet earth dear alien that enables us to access so much if you want food if you want to enter spaces yeah so i would i would it's it's an access card casey said the same thing and i know you haven't watched casey's episode because she saw her episode as we're recording this hasn't yet Uh come up so like she said, she had the very same definition. <laughs> Freaky. I love it. I love it. Money, access, and access to things. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when did you start suspecting that your relationship with money was more than numbers, more than budgeting, but just have a little more than the usual practical stuff that we're taught about money. Spend less. <laughs> Don't well, allow yourself fun. Um, I think before I even knew that there were opportunities for, for, for energy healing and personal development, before I knew anything can be done about whatever I identified about, I identified as an issue within myself regarding money. I remember when I was working as a student, when I was working, when I was, a, when I was in varsity, I had a part-time job, right? 
And then at some point when I left varsity, I continued working. But Mm -hmm. even when I was working full time, even when I started in my industry, when I was doing proper industry work, I still was constantly broke. And I couldn't Mm -hmm. understand it because growing up, the dream would be to become adults and make my own money so that I can live this and that kind of life. And it just wasn't happening. So then I figured something must be wrong because here I am now, my friends are still in varsity. I'm working, I'm earning a decentish salary. I have no kids, like I'm my only responsibility um, somewhat. And I never have money. Mm. And then, then I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know how to go about fixing it for years and years. It frustrated me. Um, even when I got badly into debt, because there was a point when I was so badly in debt that around the 25th of each month, which was payday, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Oh, I remember you telling us the story. Were you the one that would go park outside the ATMs and yeah. the I've done that too. <laughs> oh, like the story. The thing is, I like me in debt. I'm not even shocked because, okay, I never did that because I didn't have a job. But like, I feel like if I had a job, because I've only really had a job for 18 months of my adult life. And then I worked as a mining and energy analyst also for 18 months. So uh-huh. like, I feel like if I had a proper job, that would have been me. <laughs> I would have done the thing, slept outside and gone and taken money out. Midnight, oh Midnight I drove and you know. But the thing I is, did. you were working and you were doing the responsible adult things, right? And yet there's never any money. Like, what the hell is that? That's the and thing I'm that used to annoy me. It's like, I remember when I was having $60,000 in debt, I would walk around with a notepad just so that I could stop myself spending oh, my money oh. all the time. If something was 50 cents more expensive, I would leave it. So I'd get like something less expensive, right? I would go for the cheapest of the cheap. Oh, you know, and still there was no money. Still struggling. Yeah. Like I would get the cheapest of the cheap, cheap, cheap. And I was so heavily in debt. And for me, that was really, really hard. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is tough. It's very tough. Um, And I mean, I could try and even, because at that point I was staying with my beloved late grandmother. So I could even try and blame black tax, but not entirely. Like even if I wasn't contributing to that, I still would have been in the same position. So Mm -hmm. it's not even a case of, People were taking money from me in order to get me to that point. Nope, I was there all on my lonesome. It was bad. Wow, but did you have a flashy lifestyle? I mean, no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I feel the same. Like, okay, I traveled, but not the way that I travel now. I couldn't like, afford I, it. I, I wanted a flashy lifestyle. Cheap of the cheap guys. Like I used to be the cheapest person that you know. Like, yeah, I wouldn't stay in hostels when I traveled because I have this thing that you guys yeah. know about energy and like yeah. I can yeah. energies when they sleep. So like I'm 
greatly bothered by like being in spaces with other people, which is really hard for me, which is why it's really hard for me to share a house with people or anything because energies impact me. So even when I moved in here last night, the first thing I did was was burn incense, call in my ancestors, like wait and see if there was a presence because in my last place there was, I was just like, Let's, yeah, in Joburg, I was living with it. Like everyone, like my sister was just like, hey, you know, honey's a song. I was just like, I cannot believe you're just like, yeah. But why I, are you living with it? <laughs> just keeping it going. I was like, you know, I, I had, I've been through this rodeo. They everywhere. You just have to decide which one is the one that you can live with. But it's oh. just... <laughs> I know that, but I wasn't booking hella expensive Airbnb. Uh-huh. I book nice places because I need that because of my, as we've just described, yeah. my minor issues. Yeah. Which yeah. A gift, but trust me, on most days, it's like uh, it can be more of an issue than a gift. And Shame. then, uh, <laughs> and then, um, but like in terms of food, yes, I was eating healthy, but the cheapest of the cheap again. Like I was the kind of person, this is a true story, guys. Like I would, instead of shopping at the farmers, when I was living in Boston, I would yeah. go like the furthest farmer's market, take, I would calculate, okay, it would take me like $2 to and fro or two, $3 to and fro on the train and then maybe a bus ride to my place again so maybe like five dollars in total so that I can buy from the farmer's market far far away in like two towns away true story because that is cheaper and I'm saving five dollars even though I'm paying this five dollars here the nearest farmer's market but there I'm not saving five dollars right so I'm going to the furthest and then one of the money Yes. And then like one of the things that I would do is like, I would know the price of soap or bread in this one shop and then know the price of the other things in that shop. So literally my whole day. So imagine I would do this every Friday. I go all the way two towns over because I'm saving $5. Then instead of shopping for everything in one shop, I go to like three, four different shops. And on top of that, I won't take a cab anywhere. I'm going to walk with all these hustles every Friday. Then bags and bags. No. no. Like we laugh now. I'm so sorry. But wow. Saving money. But like, you know, when I started doing the work, there was so much frustration as well because Mm. I'm doing all this, right? Like I even know the price of everything at every shop, but shame. Nothing is like, I still have no money. <laughs> Doesn't help. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. help. Gosh, Van, that, that's a lot. Um, I, I'm hearing parts of myself in that because, but for me, I think it was, it was my grandmother because, um, oh, bless her. She was, she wasn't frugal, but I think she had, she had made peace with who and where she was financially you know she had no income per se had not been a professional prior to her elderly years um and she'd 
halfway survived on my mom contributing to the upkeep of her and the household. Um, she was a very grateful person. So she'd made peace with that situation to the point of if she sends you to the shop to buy, for argument's sake, butter, and you come back with butter that costs two or three rand more, then you're in trouble because why do you not save that three rand? You should have bought the cheap. It does not matter how the cheaper one tastes. It doesn't matter how the cheaper one is packaged. By virtue of it being cheaper and it's butter, you are supposed to get the cheapest. So I think outside of me trying to be frugal and saving, it was ingrained because I was raised that way. Even to this day, I have to stop myself from getting the cheapest simply because it's the cheapest. I I have to consciously, because of the wealthy money work that I've done now, I now know that, sure, it is cheaper, um, but it's not what you want. I Mm. I, I know to to give in to my wants so that I feel good. And when I feel good, I attract more good to myself. Mm. So, but it's, um, I have to, I'm deliberate about it. So it's not happening automatically yet. So I, I, I feel you. Yeah, I know. It's these are these are things that are deep, like what you've just said. And of course, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Excuse the pun. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, excuse the pun. But um, it really, but then like most of us that have lived that life, if anyone's yeah. listening, then you know it's not true that like you often don't end up with more money i was most anxious when i was living like that you know because it was the center of my entire universe you know like i could not go an hour without thinking about money and how to save and i always say to people it's it's got to be a balance of mindsets most of us are so on saving money and holding on to money for dear life. We're not yeah. focused on how do I expand and make more money yeah. and create streams of income yeah. and open myself to more money. Because like the entire focus is, this is all the money I have. So yeah. it's really hard to step out of that mindset and yeah. step in, hey, it's possible to have more money and to make more money and money can keep flowing to me. Most of us yeah. can save but to live that and embody that, it's a whole different type of mindset. Because for me, when I had when I started doing the work as well in the Money Magic course, I had to start learning how to consciously embody that, right? Yeah. Which was, well, now you're not going to go into the cheapest. Uh, you're yeah. not going to go get everything because it's the cheapest. You're going to go get the brand. Uh-huh. That- like you're going to go get the things that you like and you're going to start building this relationship with money and start trusting money right yeah yeah building with money which by the way i know is one of your favorite which is the money uh, writing letters to money and a spirit of money work how's that been for you do you want to share some of that um yeah no totally like it's my secret weapon those letters to money are my (laughs) thing when i started because when did i start I started in the Wealthy Money group, in the student group, um, yeah. in 2017. Oh, yeah. I think it may have, yeah. And, but before I started, I think in the bigger group, you had shared something about writing letters to money. And mm. I love writing. So I was like, let me try this, 
right? So um, by the time I then was a wealthy money student, I had already been writing those letters. So the first shifts came from there. And there are times when, when I can't do any of the work for whatever reason, like my entire body is like, nope, you're not doing. I, I try at the very least to write my letters to money and, and say this, like I'll literally write, like I'm writing to a friend, hey money, I'm fine. Thank you so much for coming through to my bank account last week, Wednesday. You helped me do A, B, C, D. This is what I want to do next week. And lo and behold, money will show up next week. So um, that, that communication line opened. Um, and that is when I started truly believing that my issues are can't be about the physical money then. Because mm -hmm. if, 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 it's, if it was about the cash money, then the flow wouldn't change based on how I'm communicating with money. Yes. Prior to that point, my communication had always been, oh my gosh, I'm so broke. Oh my gosh, where am I going to get money for this? Oh, I'm so panicked. I don't know how I'm going to survive next. You know, it was always anxiety and stress and, and just all sorts of negative feels. But once I surrendered to, 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 to whatever brings me money and opened that communication line, Things have been happening literally like magic. Hey, yeah. things happen like literally. It is crazy. I can never get over it. The other day, um, I got a payment because I work as a freelancer, so my payments come in willy-nilly. Um, so I get a payment, right? And I'm very happy about this payment because now I can sit with money in my bank account and not need to chow it. Like not all money that comes into my account is assigned to something all the time. However, mm -hmm. if I want to, I can, knowing mm -hmm. that money will return, you know? Um, someone in the student group um, had said, um, it's called a currency in each country because money ebbs and flows like the current of the sea. That mm -hmm. was my, that, the, that was the key to my money opening door. So every time um, I, I no longer, I no longer spend money and worry that, um, okay, now it's gone. I know that in terms of that, I'm unlimited as the current is, you know, because the current does, it moves with ease. Money yeah. does the same in my account. So I get a payment. After receiving this payment, I'm like, oh my gosh, money. Every time I feel something about money, instead of moaning and groaning about it and being stressed and doing a to-do list of all the things I need to do with it, I'll literally stop, breathe, and write my letter. Hey, money, I see you popped in. Exactly as I would do if you pop by at my place. That is my relationship with money. I see you stop by. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you. Now, if you could please, and this isn't like what 7 a.m. in the morning, right? If you yeah. could please um give me more of you, because this is what I want to do going forward. Vrachtach Vangile, that very same day, got another deposit. I was like, wow. So and 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 that's how and you write your letters to money via WhatsApp as if money's a friend on WhatsApp. <laughs> That's how tight we is. <laughs> I do, I do. I, I write on WhatsApp because so when you were talking about your your travels, not your travel, but 
your struggle with shopping when you were buying cheap and you travel all the way to the end of wherever in order to save five dollars um i was just thinking that my laziness will not allow me to do that <laughs> oh, I would be so cotelent, hey? I would be, what is the right word for cotelent? But like, I would be so energetic. I'd like have the energy for that kind of thing, you know? You'd have bigger for it. My thing and I'm energy. And you know, like, I keep thinking to myself, you know how much easier it would have been to just sit, do the work, and then just energetically open myself to receiving more? That's, you know? what I'm, that's why I want to say that that energy could be better utilized getting more money into your space right honestly yeah we don't i think there's a lot i had to do a lot of work on this you know yeah yeah heal that trauma around what i thought i could get in terms of money because i had like all my set points and remember when how i always say in the student group who taught us that we only need to earn money once a month that money can only come through once a month so that was my was always my thing you know yeah yeah but also um in in answer to that question of who taught us we come from 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 households that are led by people who didn't have the privileges we have of access to this kind of work. And those people were earning salaries. And so salary, their salaries came once a month. It then figures that I will then grow up thinking money can only come once a month. Um, and because I'm so anxious about when it comes once a month, I blow it when it arrives because... Because you only think that it comes once a month. You can't imagine another world where money is constantly flowing every and also week, every week even. And also my body is not happy about this anxiety. So if it's the money that's causing me anxiety, then I need to chop it, finish, let it go so that yeah. I can breathe again. We, we sadly at some point existed better felt better about being broke than about having money so it was a whole lot of work of learning to make peace with having money in your account and not needing to take it everywhere like not assigning because i mean i mean there's a meditation i can't remember what lesson number it is but it is if money was your lover so yeah. money as oh, your love a whole meditation i love yes. that meditation actually. yes that opened doors for me. That was one of, my, one of my original ones as well. The first ones I did when I yeah. became a student. And yeah. I really had to see money that way. And I mean, if money was your lover, what lover would be happy with coming through to your place once a month and then you give it no rest and then, and then it's gone and then you want to cry that it's gone, but you were the one who was treating it that way, you know? Yeah. So it, it really wants to be allowed in once a month like imagine oh, are you cheating on me love affair but the lover only gets access to you once a month what? Like, oh, guys no you want to love that like you want to be you want a house that is open yeah, and open. yeah. that can right? come through whenever yeah, so your lover can come through at any point but most of us are out here building houses and lives where like we are content to only have our lovers come through once a month yeah and maybe i think 
I, I agree with you. It's that whole mindset that we grew up with when it came to family members, right? Like also our parents, we saw them making money once a month. Although I have seen my dad make money every single day, you know, in his pharmacy. I think yeah. that helped when I started, because I used to just think I just have like a terrible relationship with money. My parents had a terrible relationship with money at all times. And then I started, as I started to heal, I started to see the different ways that they made money and the different yeah. relationships. And that helped yeah. me a lot. And I think yeah. that's like trauma is that trauma makes us myopic, you know, like we become myopic. Yeah. Yeah, you see one thing. Yeah, we see one thing and we form this one belief and we yeah. form that belief. But it's really, really true You're for us. Breaking so, up a bit, Ben. Pardon? I was saying you're breaking up a bit, but I can hear you now. We're good. Oh, sorry, sorry, guys. So I was just saying trauma makes us myopic. And I wanted yeah. to say in the interview before you. So, guys, look at uh Episode 40, Lerato Mulisana, and she says one of the things she talks about was how she grew up in this family that everybody was like, oh, this is such an affluent family. But for whatever reasons, she was always like, oh, my God, we are struggling as a family, even though there's always like money. There was always money in her family. She just didn't see it. And for her, that comes from past life trauma that she yeah, carried yeah. into this lifetime. So then she yeah. just just that trauma was just within her in this lifetime. So yeah. even though yeah. life is completely different, she just related to it as yeah. if it's the same lifetime as the lifetime before this. And she had to literally mm. go in and heal past lives in order to heal and see the truth of, this, of her family and her money story in this lifetime, which is so powerful. Um, yeah, so how has your definition of trauma changed since during the course? Um, I now know that in order to embody trauma, I don't have to be the one who had experienced it. Mm -hmm. I can literally be carrying trauma from previous generations and still be acting it out now without my own awareness. I also used to think trauma was all sorts of gore and, and blood. There had to be tears on the other side of trauma. But mm -hmm. since becoming a wealthy money magician, I, I now realize that some incidents which left me with trauma were not hatefully done unto me. And there was not necessarily tears at the end of that. Some truths that I accepted as truth are what were imparted to me with love actually and I would then carry them through with me into adulthood but because they were not serving me because they were causing stumbling blocks that's what made them traumatic mm -hmm. thank you for that that is so very powerful yeah I agree with all that you said it's that like not all trauma is enforced and is deep abuse like I've shared <laughs> Right, yeah. like, something as simple as your grandmother saying, get the cheapest of everything and her yeah. always the cheapest and you observing her fear around having to let go of money. That is yeah. traumatic because you're noticing yeah. change in her nervous system whenever yeah. she has to 
spend money. And so you're literally taking it on. It affects your nervous system and you're learning, your nervous system is learning to deal with money in this way. Yep. And yeah, and I feel like that for most of us seems like, oh, it's a mental heady thing. I just have to change the way that I think about money. And it's like, no, because your nervous system embodied all that. And she never, ever said anything in particular to make yeah. you feel a particular way about money, but how she reacted around money, even if she was silent, yeah. you got to feel it in your body that, ooh, spending money is not a good thing. My nervous system now doesn't like this because granny doesn't like this. And also um, because she raised me, my, loyal to, my loyalty to her is on steroids. So anything she was, I wanted to be. So even if she was uncomfortable, I would be uncomfortable too, just as long as I could be with her. So trauma again. And this was the person who's loved me the most throughout my life. But I've got so much trauma from her too. Yeah. And I think we don't realize. I think when people come into the course, they always say to me, but I have a great relationship with my mom. I have like great relationship with my dad. I have a great relationship with my granny. And I'm always, and I think people get annoyed because I'm like, that's probably where we should start looking at the work more seriously. Yeah. <laughs> not because trauma, again, not because trauma is given to us from the people that we have the worst relationship with. But precisely because of what you said, we want to be like them because we yeah. love them such a young yeah. age. Yeah. Without even noticing it, we then take on their behaviors. And those are so unconscious. And I think it's in those, and those are the most un uncomfortable relationships to examine, I find. Yeah. So yeah. We love the person deeply because. Yeah. We don't want to admit that we could have gotten some of their traits and some of those traits can be holding us Negative. back. Negative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are being uh, disloyal to them in it some does. way. It does. And, and, and vows of loyalty will hold us um, yeah. in bundles, good and proper. And then some, I remember um, I moved finally into my own space this mm -hmm. year. And I'd been wanting to. And just a few days ago, I realized that if my grandmother had still been alive, I would not have moved. I would not have gone anyway. Because to her, I was the precious, I was, I was, I mean, I have a letter where she's written in black and white. She, she, we used to write each other love letters. And oh. in this, right, right. And in this one letter, she says, um, the day you were born, my life completely changed. And there are stories behind that on who she was prior to me being born and how devoted she then became to me. She changed her way of life and all that. So it benefited her, but I also think it was a way of her making amends where she had faltered as a mom. She thought she could rectify it with me. So she got it also right with me, but not necessarily with her own daughter. And because... Um, because she was, she, 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 I was so precious to her. She literally could have, if she could put me into a bottle and shut the lid and had me grow up in that bottle. If I was not as strong willed, I never would have learned how to drive because she didn't allow me to do anything. And I remember at some point um, in my mid twenties, I tried to move away from home to go live in Johannesburg because we're from Cape Town, right? And I moved to Johannesburg 
you remember at the beginning of this um, session, I said I am a crazy manifester. I was not aware of it, but looking back now, I realized my grandmother was exactly the same. Everything she uttered would happen, would come to pass. And we took Mm -hmm. no notice of it. Because I remember um, living in Johannesburg, living my best life in Johannesburg. And she would call and I'd be like, sorry, can't talk, busy driving to a party or whatever. And she would panic. She says, (laughs) she said, she'd tell me that she would watch the news um, on SABC TV in the morning. And when there's a traffic report, because I was a driver also at this point. And when there's a traffic report, they would show on, on screen like an old picture of Johannesburg traffic, right? To depict that this is what we're talking about. She says she would panic so much because she'd imagine me in that mess. And I literally came back to Cape Town the day after she called me one Sunday and I was on my, sorry, can't talk, I'm driving. And she said, your life seems to me that you are on a one-way party in that Johannesburg. And I rolled my eyes, I was like, ladies, sit down. Let me eat my youth and all that. And she was like, you know what? You are coming back to Cape Town. Mark my words. And I laughed it off. The very following day, I got a phone call from my first freelance gig. And I was like, okay, I'll come to your offices in Hyde Park. And they were like, no, our offices are in Cape Town. Please come meet with us. And they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. But point is, I was back in Cape Town. There were many incidents. (laughs) of that sort so um i would never have moved out of home if that lady was still around as a result because of that vow i mean she 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 passed on in 2017 but my loyalty to her remains um even today in order to navigate myself through life i will ask myself how would she have handled this because she was also very wise outside of her traumas she was a very wise old lady Mm. um um so when I had to move into my own place at the end of March, I think, I had sleepless nights, hey? The kind of nights I had when I was heavily in debt, those kinds, mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. days and days, I couldn't sleep because I was being disloyal to what I knew my grandmother wanted for me and my grandmother wanted me at home. What is this growing up thing you're doing, living outside of us? It's not acceptable. So Mm. many times had I tried to move out of home and she was around and it never came to pass properly. When I finally managed, she got me right back here. So um, because of those vows of loyalty to the people we love, we, we, we sabotage ourselves. And I mean, that can only be trauma. It can only be trauma. I agree. It's wow. That's such a powerful story because, I think we all have seen, we all saw it in the student group. So guys, when Zandile moved, she was sharing the entire move with all of us. I think to observe the journey and like she had to, she had to do the inner work around that because the greatest fear, I think that not the greatest fear, one of the things that I, that I always say to students is that when you're facing a vow of loyalty, when this is happening and you're feeling this guilt and you're feeling this discomfort and you can't sleep, one of the things that's going to happen when you're breaking about loyalty is that you're going to be enmeshed in guilt. You're going to be so you're going to just be feeling all this guilt. And the next thing you're going to do is to get rid of the guilt. You're going to actually force yourself to um, basically sabotage the breakthrough. 
So one of the things that she was in danger of was like literally sabotaging the entire move, you know? So she had to do quite a bit of work. Did you work on the vow of loyalty as you were moving, Sandile? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Good, proper, and she kept coming up. Yeah, because the vow of loyalty meditation also calls on our ancestors and everything. So yeah. we do And I can't like, honestly, vows of loyalty is one of the, one of the main reasons why we can't expand beyond our families. So yeah. I'm not shocked that one of the things that came up for you was vows of loyalty and yeah. feeling deep guilt and almost betrayal towards your grandmother. Yeah. Right? And it because wasn't just her. Ooh. It wasn't just her. Um, th there's a tendency generally, both maternal and paternal sides of my family, when no one grows old enough to leave home. So everyone grows and everyone stays. Um, and if, even those who have gone, they come back. So my mom broke it when she got a house. But then for quite some time in my, in my early memories, all of the family would be coming here over weekends, would be coming to my mom's house because the loyal, the vow clearly states that we should stick together, find land yeah. and stay there together as, as a group. Do not split up because yeah. if you split up on your own, you're in danger to goodness knows what. So it's, it's a thing. If you think of the vow of loyalty, at its core, guys, the vow of loyalty says, I am loyal to my tribe no matter what, right? Yeah. And we, see, we do whatever members of the tribe do. No one is going to go and deviate because this is what kept us safe in the Stone Age. If yeah. someone went and in the Stone Age, there's no electricity, there's no anything, you go, you behave differently, you are the individual chick, you're a nomad, <laughs> you know, all that <laughs> everyone in danger you know at 6 p.m yeah. the sun sets tigers are out lions are out all sorts of things are happening and everyone has to now keep the compound open because yeah. one person out there exploring that one individual soul is keeping everybody in danger so this comes from tribal days now like um not just i want to say tribal days <laughs> wrong use but this comes from the stone age days and it's very very human it's not just it's not a cultural thing it's a human thing because this is how we stayed alive for millennia so now in this day and age i think in the last centuries when we started becoming very individualistic. We want our own houses. We want our own this. We want to have our own separate experiences. So yeah, it's just been, um, so for us, we need to work on that as humans, right? So it makes a lot of sense that you would feel like this with the vow of loyalty. And, and here's the thing, even on my dad's side of the family, um, they had a similar case when my dad was the kid. They had my dad's aunts and uncles coming through and taking over, um, taking over the household. Um, and so my paternal grandmother would be on some, uh, do I even own the space? Whose house is this? Because family would come take over because we stick together. We'll find each other. We'll stick together. So it was not only undoing what I was conscious of, of my grandmother, but 
those ancestors that I did not, whose names I did not even know. It it goes way back. So yeah, tribe loyalty proper gave me sleepless nights just before my move. Makes a lot of sense. Whew. I'm glad you worked on those vows of loyalty. So um, Zandile, what are the three shifts that you've noticed in your life from doing the Money Magic course? So if you can share debt, savings, or income shifts, you don't have to share figures, but you can tell us if sure. increase, come down, etc. Let us know. We're excited sure. to know this. <laughs> so um, I was never able to save because I was badly in debt. And even when, so that changed, my mm. car got paid off. Like I, so I was surprised when the one day I looked at my statement and I had one more installment to go. I was like, how did that happen? Because prior to joining the group, um, at some point my mom had to come in and do an emergency payment of my car installments because I couldn't afford them. And I was under threat of my car being repossessed. Suddenly that wasn't happening. Um, car got paid off. Um, my debt got so manageable. Like I'm literally able to pay my debt monthly and it's it's no longer a thing. I can see the end. Um, whereas I was having sleepless nights before. Um, mm. Savings are big for me now. Mm. I make it a point for each and every time I get a payment for work done, 10% is saved. It doesn't matter how much money I've received. I put 10% away um, into an emergency fund. So, so that's amazing. Um, what else? I'm living nice, man. <laughs> I'm living nice. I can't afford. <laughs> I'm living like I, I I prioritize lunches. I remember when I first moved into my place, my friends were like, oh, now you're going to stop with the fancy parties. Girl, I had a high tea at my place last week, Sunday, just for control. Because. <laughs> I now can. And these are all the things I've always wanted to do, but I couldn't afford them. That's why when you asked, were you live, living an extravagant life? I was like, I wanted to live extravagant. I just could never afford it. So <laughs> I feel like I desire to live, to live extravagant. Like I tell people now, like now I do so much more. Like now I have no debt, right? I have a cash yeah. line, all that. I do more now and I'm able to book more things, to fly a business class, to do all these other things now than I did when I had credit cards and had credit card debt. I didn't even know, I don't even know what, like, why I had so much debt. Like, honestly, you, you know, it's like, you. man, this money, like, money is like a whole topic that we can speak about, like, all day. Because something's <laughs> just don't make sense. Because right now yeah. is when, I feel like I would expect myself to be like going through the most with credit card debt. I would expect debt out of my ears. And it's yeah. not, you know. So that is so, so interesting. Okay, so uh, Zandile, you've shared some really cool lessons with us. Money as a lover, money, um, uh, the vow of loyalty, and even writing letters to money. Are there any other lessons that you got from the course that you like in the course that you feel have been like a game changer for you? Um, let me think. There is, is it, is it lesson seven? Um, the, 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 the fear of money not being enough. 
I've, I've forgotten the exact phrasing. That one, that one I worked on when I moved into my place. Because yeah. remember, um, my mom bought a house, right, when mm -hmm. I was two years old. And this would be our home. So I've always had a home. I've always had a room, right? And when other parents were making their adult kids pay lodging fees, my mom didn't do that. You know, I could stay home whenever, like forever I was allowed to. So it was new that now every month I now need to pay for my own accommodation. And I panicked, like, is the yeah. money because also working as a freelancer i don't have a set amount of money of, of income <laughs> each month so what mm -hmm. i do is i will say okay money this is what we're doing this month i want this and that and that um and it's happening you know so so, so that's how it goes but also it's a faith game hey because then i have to not worry about it mm -hmm. i can't want money to show up and then fret about money not show up because then it means I'm not trusting money. Um, yeah, but I think that requires you to be in your body because I know a lot of people that say, I'm not worried about money, but then it's lip service. And I think we feel that in our bodies when we're not worried. It's like about being in the body and really feeling the relaxation of the body and the nervous system. So you know what I do? I make sure in order to uh, um, attract money to myself, I really make sure that all my needs and wants are met. So if for argument's sake, I must pay. I would, um, if for argument's sake, I need to pay 10K towards rent, for instance. And right now I'm sitting, what's the date today? The 11th. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting with 6K in my account but I need medication. I'm not yeah. not going to get medication because I need to build on that 6K in order to make a 10K, no? Go get your medication. Once you take care of yourself, money takes care of you. So I, 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 I try very hard to make sure that my needs and my wants are always met because self-preservation. Mm -hmm. um, and then things just fall into place. So when I first moved, that was the biggest challenge when I moved into my place in April. Will I be able to afford to stay here? I mean, sure, I managed to pay the deposits required and all that. I'm here now. But am I going kicked out, get, get kicked out any day now because I can't afford to pay it? And then it's been four months. There has not even been a threat of being able to make it happen. Yeah. So, wow, I love this. Like, yeah. But it was you that know, meditation. We're talking about it's very counterintuitive, contrary to what we've been taught. Because someone will tell you, well, you've got rent to pay. You can't go and take care of your needs and your wants. Hold on to the money that you have for dear life. Oh. I never, as a money coach, guys, when you come to me, I'm not going to be that person that tells you that. Why? Like, this is really quite simple for me, right? If you're doing the work and we're working on calming your nervous system, if your nervous system goes into survival mode and stays there because you're trying to manifest an extra 4K to pay for rent, right? But everything within you is ill, you're in survival mode, you're not able to eat, etc. It's so much harder for you to do that 
manifestation of for you to think clearly because your entire nervous system gets triggered into survival mode. So a lot of the things that were taught as great financial practices are extremely nervous system unfriendly. This is why also I was extremely broke when I was going from one place to the next because I was spending an entire day shopping, extremely exhausted. By the time I got home, Trust me, I don't want to think about money, how to attract money, etc. But had I just taken the cab, gone shopping, come back, done that in an hour, taken a nap, guess what? I would have woken up a few hours later, eaten, been really fresh, and I would have been in a space to say, okay, now how do we manifest this money? How do we make this thing happen? But because my nervous system was in deep survival mode and exhaustion, I couldn't do that. And so most of us are taught that this, whatever it is that we're doing, that is self-deprivation and self-denial is a good thing. And we don't realize, and we don't understand why we're not able to manifest more money. Um, Also, I I, I wanted to add to that Van and say, time really is money. Mm. So if, if you are saving yourself time, getting A to Z done, then the time you have saved is the time that you use to manifest. But now if you're utilizing all that time to to make ends meet, however you make ends meet, then there's no time for you to manifest. Exactly. I'm always willing to pay coaches because I'm like, all that time that I'm spending researching things and listening to their free stuff versus just getting in, doing the work and paying for things. That is time that like literally first you're going, you're doing the research, you're trying to piece together, you're trying, oh my God, this is what so-and-so said. Okay, this is what I should then do. And then by the time you get around to doing it, you spent like literally five hours for that day trying to pick up an exercise, trying to figure out something versus I come in, I go into their courses, or I get into a coaching call, an hour later, I'm done. That is, I'm not exhausted. I've now done the work. I've relaxed. I've moved on. That again, time is money. I think that, but again, I think there's a specific I had to go through this mindset shift, you know, because guys remember where I came from, right? So you can imagine the deep mindset shift that I've had to go through. And it took, I don't want to say it took a while because once you start seeing the shift like Zandile, you know, and myself, it's like, you're just like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's just not worth it. Like what I think I'm saving in money, I'm actually wasting in time and it's actually time. costing in the long run. I often say, shoo, I was born tired for such. I was born tired for so much admin. <laughs> Let it come easily or not at all. Ain't nobody you are, got tired. You are all about I love it. So my second last question for you is um, people often think that they can get the same amount of uh, knowledge and breakthroughs and shifts by just listening to my live videos, maybe listening to these podcasts that like that will give them the same kind of breakthroughs, reading my blog posts, stuff on social media. What would you say to those people? They think it's it's the same thing as the course because it's so much value there. What would you say to those? It can't be though. It can't be because A, there is a coach inside 
the space who is not necessarily present when you are interacting with the blog or the other free resources. Uh, the coaching is key because I remember a point you actually pointed out that I'm suffering from when you wanted to do something similar to this. And I said, yeah, but how can I show up and speak money things? Sure, I'm having breakthroughs, but how can I show up and speak money things if I'm still staying in my mother's house? And you're like, sis, you are now struggling with I will be good enough when ABC happens. I pretended not to listen, but you can't get that from the blog because we all are individual cases. No cases are ever the same, firstly. Secondly, um, the interaction for me in the student group is where it's at. I literally feel after, after my letters to money, sharing things in the student group gives me shifts galore sometimes because there are times when because i mean mainly what is happening in in the student group is a whole lot of learning and unlearning right and i mean i'm 34 years old so it's been years and years and years of learning things that don't necessarily serve me in order to unlearn that i i, I get so exhausted which is possibly why i sleep so much um, so sometimes, even if I haven't necessarily done the work because my system's shut down, reading about your shenanigans or reading about someone else's shifts will sometimes trigger something in me, will sometimes give me a breakthrough and help me unlearn or learn whatever it is that I need to. So it's it can't be. It will give you a start for sure, because that's what's happened with me as well. But you need more. Mm. Definitely need more. Oh, yeah, I know that. And also I say to people, well, the beauty of the, like, I mean, the, there's no way. These meditations are a lot, guys. When we talk about various meditations in the Money Magic course, there's literally so many different meditations. And you are never going to get through all of them, ever. Because, but because yeah. they create created in that way because everyone is different like there are meditations that other students have done like several times I've done just once because I've created them right yeah. but let's because it's not my biggest trauma and my issue you know but there are some meditations that I've done constantly that other students haven't gotten to even within two three years of being in the course because yeah. every Trauma is layered. I can't expect that every student is going to come through and have the same drama. Even if they have the same drama, they're not going to have the same cause for yeah. that. Yeah. So, Zandile, how do people get hold of you? It's been such a pleasure talking to you. How do they get hold of you? What was the, What is your intention from uh, from coming on this podcast? You just want to connect with other people? Do you want to get more? Like, do you want to... What is it? Do you have any particular intention? It really was about showing up because I have a hectic vow of invisibility thing happening. So tick, that's it for me. But otherwise, I can be emailed um, at atobile at gmail.com. Okay. Um, Can you spell that for people, atobile? I yes. know that people are like, not everyone South African is listening to this. Sure. Atobile at gmail.com. Atobile is spelled A-G-C-O-B-I-L-E. A-G-C-O-B-I-L-E. Atobile at gmail.com. 
it's mainly it's the main way I can be contacted and because sometimes the phone stays away. Um, outside of that, social media, Zandile Mazwai, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And guys, also a voiceover artist. So if you're looking for a voiceover artist, she is your girl. <laughs> So, sure. and thank you so much money magicians for listening in you guys are feeling like oh my god i love this i want to be part of this course i want to be part of this healing journey you can register for the money magic course or get on the waiting list if we're not open for registration at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic again wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic so and if you're really loving these uh, this podcast and you're loving what we talk about please leave us comments on youtube share away with your friends leave us a five star a five star rating on itunes and leave us a review on itunes we'd really appreciate it thank you zandile and thank you money magicians thank for you man cool cool bye yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.